0: Welcome to the Public School Matters podcast presented by the North Carolina Association of School Administrators. I'm Katherine Joyce, NCASA's Executive Director, and joining me as she does for each episode is Legal Affairs and Policy Manager, Elizabeth Yelverton. Together, we talk about the legislative and policy news affecting our public schools in North Carolina.
1: Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. This week, Catherine and I are going to chat about the first month at the NC General Assembly. A lot's happened so far, and I don't know about you, Catherine, but for me, it's hard to believe it's only February.
0: Yep, I cannot believe it. And just think back, Elizabeth, during our last episode, we were discussing the start to the 2023 legislative long session, and now it's been a little over a month. We've already seen a lot of legislation filed, a handful of eventful committee meetings, and a few ideas on what's yet to come.
1: Well, let's start by setting the stage, Catherine, since not everybody follows Education legislation every day, every moment, like we do. But us K 12 education folks are mainly following a handful of certain committees. So we're talking about the House K 12 Education Committee and the House Education Appropriations Committee, which handles a lot of the budgetary requests for education, Um, the Senate Education slash Higher Education Committee, and the Senate Education Appropriations Committees but you know education it affects everything so we also have to try to follow the main appropriations committees which are you know in charge of developing that massive budget bill every year and also you know a handful of other committees that have education related bills so things like changes to transportation retirement broadband healthcare you name it
0: We do monitor a lot of committees, and we also watch key House and Senate floor votes, which sometimes can go on for quite a long time, as you know, Elizabeth.
1: You aren't lying, Catherine, especially if it's a vote on a major bill like the budget, like I just mentioned. I mean, that bill's usually hundreds of pages, so you can expect legislators to discuss that bill for at least a few hours.
0: Well, and that's a bill we're probably not going to be seeing for at least a couple of months um, because budget work is really just uh, getting started in earnest. But ahead of that, we have plenty to talk about until then. So let's go over some of the hot topic bills that we have uh, seen filed so far and getting some action in the General Assembly. Right. Right. So
1: recently, we've seen action on Senate Bill 49 called the Parents' Bill of Rights. And you might remember that this bill was also introduced last session, but it didn't eventually become law. And so the bill was actually reintroduced this session by the Senate Education Committee Chairs, and that's Senators Gailey, Lee, and Barnes. And, you know, a couple of these, uh, Gailey and Barnes, they are new to their uh, Education Committee Chair roles. So we are meeting with them and, you know, working with them this session. But getting back to this bill, so according to the bill summary from legislative staff, which we always tend to look at because they are nonpartisan, this bill, would provide a list of certain rights that parents have related to the education, health, privacy, and safety of their child. So they already have a lot of these rights, but this bill would just kind of enumerate those rights. So put it all in one place. And it would also require our public schools to provide parents with information about ways that parents can be involved um, and also other resources that our schools would have to start providing to parents. But also, you know, some of the more controversial aspects is the part where you would have to provide notification on a student or notifications rather on a student's physical and mental health. So maybe get into that a little bit more, Catherine.
0: Sure. So, so that's um, what we've seen covered widely in the media discussion surrounding this bill. And That is the aspect of the bill that would prohibit schools from teaching on gender identity, sexual activity or sexuality in grades kindergarten through fourth grade. But there's several other provisions in the bill that, that we know that many of our school administrators have some concerns about, Uh, pertaining to some of their own timelines for um, having to respond to to, uh, requests from parents for information, which in some cases could really bog down operations in the school if there are bunches of requests coming in at one time, uh, which can happen on a typical day in a school day in a public school. So this is something that we're carefully looking at with this bill and continuing to communicate about on behalf of our members.
1: Absolutely, Catherine. And I mean, we want to make it clear, we fully support parents being involved at schools. We love it when our parents are involved, but we wanna make sure that we're not you know, restricting the ability of our school administrators to do all the other things that they have to do every day and make sure they're really monitoring their schools and supporting our kids. So that's gonna be our focus. And we could talk about this bill at length, but let's talk about another one that we're also watching. Um, and that is House Bill 26, which is just called Education Omnibus
0: almost sounds ominous, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes with these, um, they could have anything or everything in them because omnibus is just a catch-all for lots of different ideas that lawmakers put into one piece of legislation. And so we usually see a couple of these each session. And Usually, we don't see them quite this early, but we have seen one emerge uh, from the House already, as you noted, House Bill 26. It hasn't had as much fanfare, but believe it or not, it's already made its way through the House.
1: Well, and like you said, Catherine, this bill actually has a few changes in it, including some changes to the NC Center for the Advancement of Teaching, which some of you know as NCAT, The bill also includes a couple of contracts with education data vendors and a big-ticket item for us at NCASA, so something that we're involved with, and that is the study and evaluation of our current school performance grading system.
0: Indeed, that is certainly a high priority for NCASA and our member school administrators. We definitely want to see improvements in our school accountability system uh, for how we grade our schools in North Carolina. And we know Superintendent of Public Instruction, Katherine Truitt, has also made that reform effort one of her team's top priorities, so she can help reshape the way that we're grading our schools and do it in a positive manner so that all of the aspects that go into making a school a good school in the eyes of parents, some of those things are considered rather than just test results, uh, mostly dominating how those scores are put together. So that's definitely on our list of priorities. And we're delighted to see uh superintendent's efforts to lead on this effort.
1: Absolutely. That would be a great change if we could get that made this session. I mean, we've seen from COVID how, you know, just those interruptions and disruptions and in instruction can really, you know, impact student test scores. And so we want to make sure that we are measuring other things just besides how they're doing, you know, on this one day, on this, you know, one test that they're taking. So we should probably also mention another bill that's been gaining headlines recently, although this bill hasn't quite made it as far in the legislature yet. And I think you know what I'm talking about, Catherine. That's House Bill 17, which would essentially reshape the State Board of Education.
0: That's right. And that one also is another uh, redo from last session that didn't quite make it through all the hoops to become law. But House Bill 17 would call for a major change to our current um, education system. We saw it introduced last session, as I mentioned, and what this one would do this year would be to put before voters all across North Carolina in the November 2024 elections, a ballot referendum to approve a state constitutional amendment that would reshape the structure of our State Board of Education. That's
1: right. And so this is actually a constitutional amendment because North Carolina has its education system actually set forth in its state constitution. So in order to change the way our education system is set up, we literally have to change our state constitution. So as you mentioned, if this is approved by voters, this bill would actually have the effect of making the superintendent of public instruction the chair of the state board of education. And you know, right now we have a separate chair of the State Board of Education. So sometimes there can be a little bit of a conflict between uh, the chair and the superintendent when they both, you know, are kind of overseeing our education system. Not to mention this bill would also make State Board of Education members elected rather than appointed. So that means things like campaigns and elections and, and that sort of thing. But We should point out that these changes wouldn't actually take effect until 2026 and wouldn't apply to terms of office until 2027. And that's if it's even approved by voters.
0: And that's also if it's even approved by the legislature. And there's no opposition from Governor Cooper, who, um, as governor of North Carolina, would lose appointments to this important board and one of his main ties to public education in North Carolina. So it's got a long way to go, but certainly it's one that we're watching. It's already been approved by the House K-12 Education Committee. I got that approval last week, and we've seen that it's already scheduled for another hearing in the House Judiciary Three Committee um, this week. It's already on that schedule. So definitely one we're watching, and we know our members are interested in it as well.
1: Let's go over a few more bills that have also been scheduled for some committees this week. So we've actually got a handful right now scheduled for the House K-12 Education
0: Committee. You're right. Always something to keep us busy, Elizabeth, right? (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) So uh, this week on TAP and House House K-12 Education, there's House Bill 8, which would require students to take a computer science credit in high school. House Bill 11, which would make some governance changes to the state's schools for the deaf and the blind. And then there's House Bill 47, which would allow security guards to carry firearms on non-public education property, not at public schools, but on uh, non-public school property, private schools and uh, schools of that type.
1: Yeah, I know there's been a few concerns about some of these bills, Catherine. We've been working with lawmakers to try to make a few tweaks, like for the computer science bill. So we actually, for that bill, shared some concerns that some of our school administrators had shared, and the bill sponsor actually addressed a few of these concerns in the proposed committee substitute, which we call the PCS. So now we're just hoping that we can continue to work with her and other legislators. If the bill ultimately passes to find enough qualified teachers to make sure that we have those teachers to teach these new required computer science courses and also to see if we can add this new credit as a new high school graduation requirement while also retaining the current three required credits in science. But this bill still has to go through the House K-12 Education Committee, the House State Government Committee, the House Rules Committee, a vote by the full House of Representatives, and then a repeat of the process in the Senate. We'll be continuing to talk to legislators about making some slight changes to some of these bills, um, as well as seeing what traction we can get on our own legislative priorities.
0: Indeed. So we will continue to talk to legislators about making these changes and we'll continue to monitor all the legislation that's popping up in committees and is continuing to be filed with bill filing deadlines not ending um, until the end of April. We're going to see a lot more new legislation coming our way and we'll have a lot more to talk about in upcoming episodes of this podcast.
1: That's right. There's a lot of legislators to meet, a lot of bills to discuss, and so little time. But we share information on all of these bills that we've mentioned today, as well as, you know, other bills that have been filed each week. So make sure that you are checking that out in our weekly e-newsletter um, if you are uh, one of our school administrator members. So make sure that you're signed up for those. And you can also follow us at NCASATweets on Twitter. We tweet about a lot of um, committees and interesting things that are happening across the state. You can also email us at info at nca or check out our website, www.ncasa.net.
0: You've been listening to Public School Matters with the North Carolina Association of School Administrators. To stay up to date on legislation and policy news affecting K-12 education, we hope you'll join us for future episodes and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for helping us ensure that each public school in North Carolina matters.